0: If you would, please turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy 5. Scripture reading will be 1 through 21 of this passage, Deuteronomy 5. After the reading of Scripture, we will sing together the Gloria Patri, which is printed for you in your bulletin. Please stand for the reading of God's holy word. (laughs) Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, O Israel, the decrees and the laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our fathers that the Lord made this covenant, but with us with all of us who are here alive today. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. <clears throat> At that time, I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of, the, out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord commanded as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or your maidservant. Nor your ox, nor your donkey, or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. So that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not set your desire on your neighbor's house or land, his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And God will add his blessing to this reading of his word. Amen. Well, the the Heidelberg Catechism brings us, continues to have us reflect on how it is that we might live in a way that would show our gratitude to God for his deliverance from our sin and misery. And it's currently taking us through The uh, Moral Law, the Ten Commandments. We are in commandment number four today. And I read to you from uh, Deuteronomy chapter five. This is one of those English Bible uh, trivia questions. It's good to know. Where where do you find the Ten Commandments? Well, hopefully Exodus 20 rolls off your tongue, but it's in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy five. Exodus 20 was the initial giving of the law. Here in Deuteronomy 5, it's uh, Moses, as he's nearing the end of his ministry and of his life, he is reminding the people of the statutes of the Lord and some of the history uh, to give them uh, fortitude as they're entering the promised land. And as we've been working our way through the commandments, the first commandment is the law of loyalty. We're to worship the Lord our God only. Uh, Commandment number two is the law of worship. We are to worship God only in the way that he has directed us. Commandment three is the law of reverence. We're to reverence and respect and honor the uh, holy name of God. And this is the commandment of the fourth commandment, the law of rest. In a sense, you could say this command is the oldest of the Ten Commandments, that It was part of the fabric of creation. If you go back and read Genesis 1 and 2, you come to the end of the creative work of God. And after six days of creation, he ceased his creative activity and he rested on the Sabbath day. And so the principle of the Sabbath and the blessing of the Sabbath comes in creation itself. Now, our confession of faith says that in principle, in essence... Adam and Eve were given all the statutes of God, but nevertheless, that specific statute is there in creation. And even in Exodus, it was inaugurated prior to the giving of the law in Exodus 20. <clears throat> if you read the history of the Israelites in Exodus, we you, you see that we come in Exodus 16 to the place where God is going to give manna to the people, but on... The Friday, he's going to give them <clears throat> twice as much manna as they need for the next two days, uh, for, or for that day and for the next day, so that they don't have to work on the Sabbath day. So you have the principle and some direction for Sabbath keeping there in Exodus 16, and then the giving of the law in particular in Exodus 20. <clears throat> now it's a command that. It's certainly not appreciated by the world. In fact, it's not appreciated necessarily by all Christians, or the fourth commandment, or the commandment to keep the Sabbath. <clears throat> uh, but Bill Gates was once asked why he didn't believe in God. And part of his answer was, well, just in terms of allocation of time resources, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday morning. So he would consider what you are doing kind of a waste of time. Hopefully we can get a better feel for that and get a more wholesome point of view. But Robert Godfrey in his his, uh, series of lectures on church history, which I continue to commend to you, brings up a couple different points. He talks about the Sabbath in a couple different contexts. He mentions at one point in there, around in the 1930s or so, that the NFL decided they were going to begin playing their games on Sunday afternoon, or on Sundays. And the advice or the general consent was, well, that'll never work because people go to church on Sunday. So you and I both know which part of the culture war won won on that one. But the other thing Godfrey says he says, as historians look back on the 20th century, <clears throat> one of the things that they are going to take note of is that one of the most notable things that happened in the 20th century related to the church and culture is that is the abandonment of the keeping the Sabbath uh, wholesale by culture and even the church without any opposition. It just happened. It was given up. Uh, in, in my childhood, I still remember blue laws. You couldn't <clears throat> go, uh, except, to, except to pharmacies and stores like that, you couldn't go shopping on Sunday. But none of that applies today. So the, the fourth commandment is <clears throat> important for us just to think about, as the other commandments, what is it calling us to? And uh, if the, if you take the, uh, the commandment as phrased in both Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 5, there are three parts of it I want us to reflect on as we work our way through it. It tells us what to do tells us how to do it, and then it talks about why. Why do we do this? And when we think about what are we required to do on the Sabbath day, there are really two things that the commandment draws to our attention. The first is, remember the Sabbath day. It's a day of the week that you and I are called to bring certain things to mind, to think about it. Uh, Not only remember that it is the Sabbath day, uh, but there are things we draw our attention to in our minds and our thinking on that particular day. And two of the things, and I'm going to come back to these when I talk about why do we keep the Sabbath. Two of the things that we are to keep in mind or bring to mind when when we think about the Sabbath day. The first is we are to remember that God is our creator. We have been fighting battles all week in your various professions, in your various walks of life. We've been dealing with all kinds of difficulties and troubles. And we need a day that we can step aside from that and remember certain things. We need to remember that God is our creator. That he has made all things according to his will. That he has made you according to his will. And he watches out for you. And in his providence, he governs all things. We have to remember that he's our creator. The Sabbath day is an opportunity to do that. Second thing that we need to remember is that he's your redeemer. Uh, Deuteronomy 5 specifically cites that as a reason why we keep the Sabbath day. Because God redeemed us. He redeemed Israel. They needed to remember. They needed to Opportunity to remember that God delivered them from bondage, and we need to be reminded of that. We have a tendency to forget things. We get uh, what's the old saying? Uh, I, when you're in the swamp fighting the alligators, I forget that the purpose of here was to clear the swamp, and you're dealing with the alligators. <clears throat> we we fight the battles through the week and we kind of forget what's the point of view of our life. And the purpose of the Sabbath day is to help us remember that. When you're overwhelmed with circumstances, you have to have the opportunity to step aside from those circumstances and get your mind on something that will last, something that's more permanent. And so, while the Sabbath may seem to be a burden... It's intended to be a benefit and a blessing. And I want to read from Thomas Watson. He writes, has a great paragraph here. He says, "The Sabbath day is for our interest. It promotes holiness in us. The business of weekdays makes us forgetful of God and our souls. The Sabbath brings him back to our remembrance. When the falling dust of the world has clogged the wheels of our affections, that they can scarce move towards God, the Sabbath comes and oils the wheels of our affections, and they move swiftly on. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Isn't that a beautiful turn of phrase? During the week, the dust of this world clogs our affections. And the Sabbath is intended to oil those affections and get the wheels rolling forward. <clears throat> he says, he continues, God has appointed the Sabbath for this end. On this day, the thoughts rise to heaven. The tongue speaks of God and is, a, is is as the pen of a ready writer. The eyes drop tears and the soul burns in love. The heart which all the week was frozen on the Sabbath melts with the word. The Sabbath is a friend to religion. It files off the rust of our graces. It is a spiritual jubilee wherein the soul is set to converse with its maker. You see, the Sabbath day isn't to be a burden that we only think about what we do, what we can do, what we shouldn't do. The Sabbath is meant to be a day of jubilee when we're reminded that we're connected to God. And we've been given the freedom in him. The second thing that we're to do about the Sabbath day, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Some translations sanctify it. To sanctify something means to set it apart as devoted uh, to a sacred use. And we are to take the day and spend time setting it apart from the workaday world to devoting it to the Lord and uh, focusing our attention upon him. Again, from Thomas Watson, Sabbath sanctification consists in two things, in resting from our own works and in a conscientious discharge of our religious duty. We keep the Sabbath day holy by consecrating and dedicating this day to the service of the high God. It is good to rest on the Sabbath day from the works of our calling. But if we rest from labor and do no more, the ox and the ass keep the Sabbath as well as we, for they rest from their labor. We must dedicate the day to God. We must not only keep a Sabbath, but sanctify a Sabbath. So how are we to do that? Well, uh, as a, a background prelude, a foundation of it, the, the, in the fourth command, it says, For in six days you shall do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord. So it reminds us that the foundation, the background, the context in which we remember the Sabbath is that we've got to work. Six days are given to you to do your work. We were created by God to work. It was, it's not the fall that gives us work. Adam and Eve were called to tend the garden before the fall ever happened. That's part of our nature. That's part of how we're created in the image of God. God is our Father, is a worker, we're workers. And so kind of the background, the context, the connection here in the fourth commandment itself is six days you shall labor. We're to do the work that God has given to us. Work is a divine gift. The problem is our work is... Uh, Corrupted by sin. It's made difficult. We have thorns and thistles. We have the sweat of our brow. Uh, Work is hard. Uh, And uh, been cursed by sin. But God desires us to carry out his will in work. And then the second thing is, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Uh, We keep the Sabbath, we remember it, and we make it holy by worship. Uh, The book of Leviticus refers to the Sabbath day as a day of sacred assembly. It's a day when the people of God come together. And we have the reading of the Word of God. We have the preaching of the Word of God. We have songs, hymns, and spiritual songs making melody in our hearts and singing with our voices to the Lord. We have prayer for one another. We have the sacraments that are such a blessing to the church. We have six days to do our labor. The seventh is to the Lord. And part of what's unique about the people of God in regard to this day and the week is that even the even the non-Christian world has the rhythm of six days and the seventh day. They have the rhythm of seven days. They have, One of the problems of the French Revolution, among many others, is they were rebelling against the order of God. And so what did they do to try to rebel against the order of God? Well, they decided they didn't want a seven-day week. They were going to have a 10-day week. And it was a miserable failure. Because God ordained, God said in practice and fashion, the the, the nature of the world that we live in, a seven-day week. What's unique about the people of God in contrast to the world they have the seven day week but the seventh day is a reminder of that special relationship we have with God that he's our God and we are his people and unlike all the peoples of the world we have the opportunity to have fellowship with him and it reminds us of that blessed opportunity to know the Lord. The Puritans in their encouraging appreciation for this opportunity <clears throat> would refer to the uh, Sabbath day as the market day of the soul. Every other day of the week we were in the marketplace dealing with the, the things that you trade in an ordinary commerce but on the Sabbath day you're dealing with the commerce of the soul. It's an opportunity spiritually to grow. So the first part of that Heidelberg Catechism is focusing on that. <clears throat> he says, it says first that the ministry of the gospel be maintained, that especially on the Sabbath, that is on the day of rest, <clears throat> I diligently frequent the church of God to hear his word to use the sacraments publicly to call upon the Lord and contribute to the relief of the poor as becomes a Christian. Part of the help of the evening service is helping us sanctify the day to the Lord, beginning and ending the day with the Lord, paralleling in some ways the morning and evening sacrifice in Israel. But it's the opportunity for us to Step away from our weekday work and focus our attention upon god and that's an opportunity uh not uh, that that should be a blessing and not a burden. The third thing about how we remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is we do indeed rest on the Sabbath day. Uh, we should do no work. The word Sabbath itself comes from a Hebrew word which means to cease or to rest. We need to step aside from the normal activity of the week to be able to... We, we need physical rest. Uh, we need to have the opportunity not just for leisure, but for a restoration, both spiritually and physically. And so that's valuable. Um, I want to underscore very importantly that while saying you shall not do any work on that day, it's not forbidding <clears throat> works of mercy and kindness and support. Uh, there are those who have occupations on Sunday that they have to do, thinking particularly of doctors and nurses, but uh, there are others um, that, that need to take place even on Sundays, and there's certainly not a rebuke or, or a condemnation of that, And you and I need rest. Having that Sunday afternoon nap is not a bad thing. You maybe maybe need that. And I have a great deal of support and compassion for our, particularly our working mothers. Who they've been busy taking care of kids or doing whatever they're doing through the week. They come, they prepare a big meal for the family. And... They're, by the time they hit midday Sunday, they are totally exhausted. And uh, I'll give them a pass on the evening service. They probably need to go to bed early. But in any regard, we need grace to one another. Um, but we need to be thinking seriously, how can I use the day well for the glory of God and see it as our opportunity to reflect on God in that day. So why do we keep this command? Well, we come back to the two reasons I mentioned earlier. Exodus chapter 20, when it gives the fourth commandment, it says you're to keep this commandment because in six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested. And the significant thing about that is we we worship and serve the creative activity of our God, and God marked the occasion of his ceasing that creative activity by creating the Sabbath day and blessing it. That's the very first occasion that God blessed something. And he blessed the day that he wanted to set aside as the, the day when <clears throat> believers can fellowship with one another and with him. Uh, and so we, the reason we reflect on and keep the Sabbath day Is because God created it. God created the world. God created us. He made us his own. And so we're taking that time to reflect on that. But the other reason is, which comes in Deuteronomy 5, we're to keep the Sabbath day because you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm... Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. They, they look back on their redemption. And on that day, they reflect on the fact that God had delivered them from bondage in Egypt. And so it was a day of celebrating freedom. It was a day of celebrating the rescue they had, and that's what Sunday's all about. It's celebrating rescue or a significant part of what it's about. It's celebrating deliverance. And you and I as New Covenant believers have a greater privilege in reflecting on this commandment and making it a part of our life. Uh, Not only are we worshiping God as creator that we're made in his image, not only are we worshiping him for the redemption that he had of the people of Israel in their bondage, but You and I have a greater deliverance. You and I have a greater freedom. Because God, through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, has delivered us from the bondage of sin. And the bondage of sin, as well as the bondage of the children of Israel in Egypt, they they were slaves. They had no day off. When you're under the bondage of sin, there is no freedom You can deceive yourself to think that you have freedom, but you have no freedom. You're under the bondage of sin. You will follow that taskmaster to your death. And you and I have the greater deliverance as we look to Christ and find our freedom in him. That's what worshiping together helps us keep in mind. But not only that, we have something even more. Not only do we have the worship of God, our creator, not only do we reflect on the deliverance of God's people in the Old Testament, not only do we uh, celebrate the freedom in Christ because of his deliverance from the bondage of sin, but you and I have the hope of a rest yet to come. the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 4 says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And the day we worship reminds us that there is a better day to come. And uh, we long for that day. Uh, Pick up your hymnal and turn to hymn 540. We won't sing this, but I wanted to reference a particular stanza in here. It's a wonderful hymn, A Few More Years Shall Roll. (laughs) Reflects on a lot of different aspects of our life here and now. But it's stanza number three that I want you to look at. A few more Sabbaths here shall cheer us on our way. And we shall reach the endless rest, the eternal Sabbath day. Then, oh, my Lord, prepare my soul for that sweet day. Oh, wash me in thy precious blood and take my sins away. There's that precious day that we look forward to. And so this day is an opportunity to look for and long for the, the eternal rest, the eternal Sabbath day that we will enjoy with the Lord. So hopefully it gives you a little perspective on reflecting on the day, not as a burden, but as an opportunity to direct our thoughts. There's one other question I want to address very briefly, and that is, why do we worship on the first day of the week? Israel worshiped on the seventh day of the week, the last day of the week. You and I worship on the first day of the week. And... Um, what, I, what I'll what i communicate with you probably won't satisfy everybody. certainly wouldn't satisfy others. But why do we worship on Sunday? Uh, and it's because that Christ's resurrection has transformed the Sabbath day that we worship on the day that he has risen from the dead. <clears throat> and I think there's a wonderful spiritual truth in that in comparing the old covenant and the new. In a sense, you could say Israel, they worked then to enter into their rest you and i we enter our rest in christ we have everything we need in christ we have our rest in him and then as a fruit we live so we rest in christ first and then we live our life to his glory and honor In the New Testament, we have at least three occasions where we know that the apostles and the people of God gathered on the first day of the week, on the first of the Sabbath. And by the end of the first century, Ignatius was able to write about Christians, that they no longer observe the Sabbath, but they direct their lives toward the Lord's day, on which our life is refreshed by him and by his death. And then B.B. Warfield, he explains it like this, Christ took the Sabbath into the grave with him and brought the Lord's day out of the grave with him on the resurrection morning. And you see in the history of the New Testament, a period of transition where early on the apostles probably worshipped on both, or at least in a transition period, worshipped on the seventh day and the first day. And gradually, especially with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, worship moved to the first day of the week. But in either case, the goal and purpose of the remembrance of the Sabbath day is the same. It's to get our attention and focus upon the Lord and to find our rest in him spiritually and physically. And so I encourage you, I encourage myself when Sunday rolls around, to use it as an opportunity to reflect on the mighty work of your God. His work as your creator. His work as your redeemer. And the promise that he has that there is an eternal Sabbath day, an eternal rest that is waiting for you. To live this life with the remembrance of his gracious work and be able to come alongside Uh, aside from our regular week Uh, one author guy waters has written a book on the sabbath and he titles it the hope and the rest for the people of god that's what it's about to give you hope and rest and may you find that truly in him amen let's bow in prayer father in heaven we thank you so much for the richness of your love thank you for giving us a day that we can spend time uh, not only with your people but with you and the discouragements of the week we can uh, by your grace set aside set them aside and give our full attention to you and your uh, wonderful provisions your wonderful work your wonderful grace that we might be encouraged and strengthened to deal with the challenges that we know are going to be ahead. But nevertheless, we do so with the knowledge of you, our God, and our Savior. May you help us uh, to live this out in our lives. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.